BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is the Bill Press Show. Yes, indeed, it is the Bill Press Show. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. My name is Peter Ogburn for Bill today. And we're talking about something today um, that it's only taken me a couple of years, the past couple of years, for me to figure out how to talk about. And that is vegetarianism. Full disclosure, have spent my entire life eating lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of meat. Until the past couple of years, I decided to change things up uh, and reduce the amount of meat that I eat. And every May, I have, for the past four years, gone totally vegan. And so as we enter, as we approach May, I thought it would be worth talking to uh, two of the biggest, best minds in terms of how to cook vegetarian, vegan food, uh, Rich Landau and Kate Jacoby. They are the co-owners of Veg Restaurant, V-E-D-G-E, Veg Restaurant in Philadelphia, the best vegetarian restaurant in the country. And they just opened up a spot here in Washington, D.C. called the Fancy Radish. Uh, Rich, Kate, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Great to be here. Thank you. Okay, so I first of all have to say... um, Daunting is a word that comes to mind when I think about opening up a vegetarian restaurant in, first of all, Philadelphia, known for cheesesteaks, roast pork, all that stuff, and also D.C., which there are some, you know, hallowed steakhouses here in Washington, D.C., and that's how a lot of business gets done. So, um, you know, the whole East Coast heavy on the meat diet is a tough challenge but you all seem to have have done a really 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 good job addressing that well we try i mean it takes a lot of whiskey to get the courage <laughs> to open up a vegetarian yeah. restaurant in steakhouse towns you know it's funny we took a trip out to la we like to travel and eat a lot thinking la is going to be this you know the epitome of light california eating everything's all avocados and sun-dried tomatoes it's not it's really there's a lot of heavy food in la and we realized that the uh, they're outside of the cliches in cities, Philadelphia being cheesesteaks and D.C. being a steakhouse town. There's this peripheral dining crowd that wants the food that we make. We also learned that people want good food. They don't really care what's in it. Yeah. You know, people would rather have a great meal with vegetables than a bad meal with meat and uh, cook good food and they'll come. That was our motto. It's so interesting to me how we sort of as as a country, right, like we used to be. We, we'd sort of use meat more as seasoning, right? Because we worked off of the land. I come from the South. Vegetables are very, very big in the South, not just like fried foods in the South, right? <laughs> we actually pride ourselves on really good fresh vegetables. But like we went from meat as sort of a, a commodity and we want to stretch it out as much as we can to where we became sort of gluttonous as a society where we were just, everything has to be meat-based. And now I think... For a lot of different reasons, right? We've become smarter consumers. We've become more health conscious, things like that. Like, we've eased up off of our, our, our meat stuff, 
uh, or, or meat consumption. So, like, how does that translate in the restaurant business where you've got to give people what they want? Well, we've been doing this a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, literally, Rich got started in 94. I joined up with him in 2001. And uh, so we have this really interesting vantage point to watch this whole thing transpire over so many years. Um, you know, when we both got into this, it was for our own ethical reasons, and uh, there wasn't much to eat. You know, and you certainly couldn't go anywhere to learn about it. You couldn't go to any cooking school, and you couldn't really reference great cookbooks either. Most of them were approaching vegetarian cooking from like a health perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, people weren't really focused on the flavor. And I think over time, things have really, really shifted to the point where, I mean, I'm almost like in disbelief because people are so embracing this idea of, you know, leaning, maybe not committing full on, but they're leaning more towards vegetables. And Rich and I talk about this. It's almost like the new elite thing to do. So this idea of a steakhouse being like the place where you're going to go right. and drop a ton of money. Like now it's almost like a little bit, you know, it's impressive to be like, I'm going to this vegetable yeah. restaurant. Yeah. yeah you no, know no, what? Totally. And like, it's going to be amazing. And I think what we've tried so hard to do is to deliver on that overall experience. So it's not just like parting the beads and there's the chili and <laughs> the Grateful Dead. Right, right. It's not that. It's like this really cutting edge experience where it just so happens to be a vegetable restaurant. We're trying to nail it on all these other aspects of the dining experience. The the thing that that really stands out to me and what you 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 all are doing um, is there there are some stereotypes oh, yeah. about vegetarian <laughs> food. Sure. Um, and and I have a real serious dislike of of like seitan or field roast. I do like tofu mm-hmm. uh, when it's treated like tofu instead of like a meat substitute. But like this whole movement, there was a there was a big movement there for a while of just like meat substitutes, right? Sure. And and what you all do, I think that's so remarkable is I've looked at all of your menus. There's some tofu on there, but like, it's not substitute meat. It's just like let's celebrate the vegetables, exactly, and yeah. that I think is the difference. And that's that's got to be hard to do. Well, it is. I mean, you have to give. Uh, you know, vegetables have always been side dishes. Yeah. You know, you're <clears throat> you're cooking your main protein, and then in the way back of the stove is this little pot of boiling water where you're going to dump your vegetables, drain them, and then they're done. <laughs> you can tell Rich is from Philly, by the way. The water. <laughs> the water. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, I had to throw that in, but like, busted. Yeah. <laughs> But like, to... like, how do you take vegetables from a side dish to the to the to the the star of the dish? Well, it's simple. You basically give them the attention that you would normally give meat. And I think if you know a great chef should be able to cook vegetables yeah. really, really well. Give the vegetables the attention you're giving your proteins. You know, everyone thinks it's meat that tastes so good. It's what chefs do to it that makes it taste so good. And if you did the same thing with vegetables, you're going to have a great meal. So that's kind of, that's how we approached it. You know, we, we have the saying, we're bringing vegetables to the center of the plate. You know, the eye's going right to the center of the plate. There's no more protein, starch, veg. It's veg, starch, veg. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, you know, I think, I think there's just so many people that were brought up with, like, a giant hunk of meat. Absolutely. Something really starchy. And then, like... Some vegetables. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like garnish. And, yeah, <laughs> garnish. garnish. No, like that's exact yeah. that's that's exact right way to put it. But you know, on the fake meat front, uh, you know, and I I hear you, I completely understand that, but there are people out there that um, you know, for us it's a very cushy decision. Oh, we're just gonna eat vegetables. Sure. We haven't been given a really bad diagnosis from the doctor yet who is gonna say, You need to stop eating right now. Well, a lot of people they just can't drop their steak and pick up a carrot. And make that easy transition. So some of these fake meats are actually pretty impressive, and they're great transitional items. So I tell people, 
some people, you know, our cookbooks have been sold over the country, actually all over the world. And, you know, we'll get a letter sometimes from someone in Nebraska, you know, like, oh, you Northeast, you know, cushy people <laughs> with the Whole Foods on every right, corner, you right. know, uh, what am I supposed to do? I've got corn, right, you know, right. <laughs> so, and we tell them, you know, first of all, a lot of supermarkets are carrying this, these products and you can do a lot of it online. But I tell them like, listen, give it a shot. You know what? You can have a bacon cheeseburger today. You can have a chicken sandwich today. It's going to be, you know, an imitation meat product, but do it. Trick your, show your mind that you can actually have this flavor without any animal flesh in there. Yeah. That's where it begins for a lot of people. On that point, by the way, I, because uh, I, I, again, like I, I've tried the, some of the meat substitutes and I haven't really been a fan, but I will say uh, the Beyond Meat Burgers. Awesome, isn't it? Yeah. The Beyond Meat Burgers. That's pretty cool. I got the Beyond Meat Burgers. Uh, I brought them home. I put them on the grill, served them to my children. Didn't tell them that they were not meat burgers, <laughs> that they were they were vegetarian burgers, and they ate them. You know what? They loved them. Yeah. And I had a bite, and it tastes like a cheeseburger. Yeah. It tastes like a cheeseburger. It, it smells pretty uh, when it's cooking up. I mean, it's uh, they're pretty. I don't know. It was delicious. Yeah. I love that Full how stop. we're we're all hiding vegan food now to give to our kids and <laughs> right. not telling them what it is. That that used to be how our parents used to get us to eat Brussels sprouts. Or, totally. Or uh, fried something or another. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's sort of like, uh, you know. Because of technology and because I think there's a now a, 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 a want for it, a need for it, to, to eat more ethically and smarter and things like that, that these types of foods are becoming better, right? Like more yeah, people definitely. care about it. Much stronger means, demand, yeah. and that drives everything, yeah. Well, sure, yeah. back in the 70s, you had your you know your garden burger, the 80s probably. Sure. You know, it was basically a bunch of nuts and seeds and grains. I had a garden burger. And, yeah, and it tastes like Not a, a fan. Bo- yeah. <laughs> Not a fan. It tastes like what it is. I mean, it doesn't even try to be meat. It's a patty made from vegetables and seeds and grains and all that fun hippie stuff that we smoked back then. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. But now they're 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 replicating the uh, the texture and the taste of meat. They're again proving my point that it's not really the meat. They they just made the flavor and the texture in a lab. It's, yeah. it's there. So yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, we've come so far, and I, I think one of the the biggest turning points with the movement these days, and Kate was just alluding to the fact that vegan's everywhere. It's a household name now. Sure. You know, it used to be vegan. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, right, right, Your sacrifice, what you've given up. I, oh, no. did, I know you've got to go chant, but you know, let me just ask you about you know, your, your sacrifice for humanity. Right. Well, no, it's not about what you're giving up these days. It's about what you're, you know, the benefits you're getting. You know, we talked about the elitist diet of um, now it's veganism. It's, it's elitism without the heart disease. Which yeah. is, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's totally. A great thing happening. Totally. So, so, why did you get into this? Did you get into it for? And, and by this, I mean the vegetarian mm-hmm. cooking and, and introducing people to, the, to this way of eating. Uh, did you do it for health reasons, ethical reasons? I think there are people get into it for a lot of different reasons. What What is it that drew you two to it? Well, for me, it was all ethical. As a teenager, you know, I I found out well before there was YouTube. You know, I found out where meat came from. Yeah. And um, I had a huge ethical aversion to it. I'm like, what, we're eating that? you got to be kidding me. But unfortunately, I was already in love with the taste of meat. I yeah. mean, I'm a carnivore at heart. I just, I, I lived off of uh, hoagies, Philly giveaway. Philly, yeah. yeah. Again, yeah. <laughs> Boy, you really showed you waving that Philly flag, huh? <laughs> uh, cheese steaks, meatball sandwiches, club sandwiches. That, that's what, what I survived on. And I love the taste of meat. It was just, um, it's everything I wanted to eat. So... What does someone who has this carnivorous palate yet an ethical aversion to eating yeah. meat do? Well, a lot of people just turn a blind eye and keep eating. 
I didn't want to do that. I wanted to take some action. So I taught myself how to cook to kind of replicate these deep, smoky, roasted flavors that I was getting from the flesh, getting them into my vegetarian dishes. You know, and a lot of it is technique. We're talking about fake meats, but really great vegetable cooking is about technique. You've got to caramelize, smoke, sear, broil, whatever you need to do. There's so many dishes on our menu that take this like five-step process to get on the plate. So I started cooking for myself because if my mom made steak that night, it was, you know, nothing (laughs) if I didn't. So it's survival. And then, you know, years later, I was like, well, maybe I can sell this stuff. That's (laughs) so so cool, man. Opened up a little cafe and expecting a hippie crowd from the local colleges. And these suits and ties showed up. I'm like, my God, people (laughs) people want it. So and it just went from there. That's really cool. Now, that's a really fascinating story. Kate, we you do you do desserts. You're a co-owner, as we mentioned, but you also do desserts and things like that. What are some of the challenges you face with doing these types of desserts uh, in a restaurant like this? Honestly, I people ask me that question. I'm like, I don't know, nothing really. Yeah, right. Um, I don't really know anything any different. That's the thing. Like, I grew up baking all my life, and you know, I say like mainstream baking. Mm-hmm. And then I joined up with Rich um, in 2001, and I just felt like, hey, you know, I like baking. Can I learn what we're doing here? And I actually prepped on the line with him and cooked on the line and sort of, you know, just got his approach to the way it should taste in the end, you know, whether it's the textures or the balance of flavors. And I just sort of took our existing repertoire of desserts and sort of like went to town on it and just, you know, whether we were at the restaurant and or, you know, taking it home with me and just like baking at home and figuring it out, um, not trying to reinvent everything, but mm. just trying to like make simple adjustments that would make it okay for like a vegan pantry. And there were a couple key products, like a really excellent non-hydrogenated vegan butter, <laughs> um, vegan shortening, olive oil, coconut oil, um, um, like a thousand different types of plant milk. <laughs> yeah, know, back then there sure. were some, and now there are a billion. Yeah. Um, so I really feel like if you pay attention to the ingredients and you recognize what they contribute to each recipe, for example, an egg white is going to be different than an egg yolk in a different recipe. So like thinking about mm. what it does and then just working around that. And, you know, so again, I, I'd i love to say like, oh, it's been so hard, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I think we just, you know, kind of tested through it. It's so interesting to me, like, that if you look at your menu at any of your restaurants, right, which I which I did, uh, it, also, it all just sounds delicious. Like, it's all just things that if I saw in any other restaurant, I would order. Well, we love to eat. That's the thing. It's like we don't approach it from, like, we're going to run a vegetarian restaurant and hope some people come in. Like, we just want to run an amazing restaurant. And it just so happens that it's all vegetables. For the people who care about that, they're going to feel so great. But really, our target audience is just, like, everybody. Sure. You know? It's so interesting. It's so great to hear you say that we love to eat because a lot of people, again, I don't I don't want to spend too much time on the stereotypes, but, like, there is a stereotype of a joyless vegetarian. <laughs> it's either does... no salt or like way too much salt. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. With like a sad diet, and yeah. like literally every dish that I've looked at, what you what you guys are putting out, I just think to myself, anybody would find that to be delicious. Well, you know, Rich brought up the ethical point, and that was my mm-hmm. first commitment too. Um, I also early on recognized um, just because my father suffered from heart disease, so 
the human health impact of a you know a cleaner diet, if you will, was huge to me early on. Mm. I mean, I grew up making him bran muffins. Like nice. I could do it with my eyes closed nice. and like one hand. <laughs> so many bran muffins. Um, <laughs> but then in college, I started. Um, it was actually right at the Dupont Metro station. I was like somebody was leafleting with a, a vegan flyer, and oh, I was like, cool. huh, you know. And and I was like at that moment, kind of turning on to veganism, not just vegetarianism, for the environmental impact because I thought. Wow! Oh my gosh! It's it's not just about the ethics, but it's also look at the environmental impact with the way that we produce our food. Uh, it just was eye opening. So I think you know that point about having a restaurant that's not just going to appease the people who are there for an ethical reason, mm -hmm. because they'll take like you know they'll they'll be happy with whatever you're able to give them. You know, mm -hmm. um, we have all the vegans coming out for their birthdays and their anniversaries. It's the rest of the people who, you know, you have to deliver on that great experience. But people are into it now, and the demand is increasing because people are tuned into their own health or to the environment. So yeah. I think there's just much more. I'm not saying people are all being like, yeah, I'm going vegan today. But like you know, you said maybe a month of the year or like. Just in general, leaning that way, people are much more open-minded. Well, like we've seen a trend of uh, meatless Mondays, which has yes. really caught on. Which, which, it, taken a couple of years, but I think is now fully in sort of the consciousness of us as Americans, right? Like, even if it's one day a week, yeah. don't eat any meat. Oh yeah, I mean, I think you know, there's a big been a big shift with the vegan movement, and that's it. It used to be this exclusive club. Yeah, you know, it used to have. You know, you would have to have your badge and your pin and your tie dye and your patchouli. But your patchouli. And um, nowadays, it's it's really about inclusion. You do um, you do what you can whenever you can do it. It's not a religion. It's not a cult. Yeah. Um, it's not an absolute. And I think that was the biggest mistake the vegetarian and vegan movement made. It was so esoteric. It was preaching to the choir. And, you know, you weren't casting this really wide net to reach out and, and show people. It's a great message for everything, for, for religion and all opinions and walks of life. But for us, it was about just kind of do what you can. We're not yeah. here to make you vegan. You're not going to walk through some changing machine as you, <laughs> you know, walk out like, you know, with this, you know, dazed look in your eyes that you're all of a sudden vegan. You just happen to have a meal of vegetables. And if it inspires you to do something more with it, that's wonderful. Okay, all right. I had a friend who called himself a vegetarian, and he and he was a vegetarian, but he was what we called a pizza vegetarian, <laughs> uh, in the sense that he really only ate pizza because you could just get pizza and it's vegetarian without any meat on it. Um, but for those people who do feel like they eat a lot of meat and they want to maybe make some changes, or if you're a pizza vegetarian, uh, what are some of your favorite recipes or hacks to sort of like get more vegetables in your diet and make them the focus. I mean, it, I think a lot of people either think I've got to eat a cheeseburger or I've got, or, or the other end of the spectrum is I just got to have like a boring salad. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what can you do if you want to put a meal on the table for your family? What are some things that you can do? Well, my, my first go-to response for people like that is, you know, try some of the fake meat products. You know, if you're used to having cheeseburgers for dinner, Go on, try those Beyond Burgers. Totally. I mean, why not? Totally. They're, you're going to, again, it's about changing your mindset. Once you're over the hump that you're thinking this is such a different way of eating, it really isn't. You, you know, you can have lasagna one night. It, it could be vegan lasagna, but everyone eats lasagna. Sure. It, it's not a very foreign way of eating. You're not going to have just all Chinese food or all Indian food from Allen. This is, vegan food is global. You can have any ethnicity you want on your plate. Have some fun with it. If you, if you make a curry, don't put chicken in it, put tofu in it. If you're going to do stir fry, again, just, you know, leave out the protein, the animal protein. 
simply just eliminate it and just give it some time. I always tell people, especially people that are struggling with health, give it a little time. Try some meat substitutes. Have yourself that fake chicken sandwich or that fake turkey club. You know, you can get tempeh bacon, turkey slices, and vegan mayo. You will not know the difference. Tastes just like IHOP, just like you remember. You know? (laughs) But, you know, you try it. The miracle happens in about two to three weeks. If you really start, you know, give yourself three, maybe four days a week, you're going to realize a huge change in your body. Every This happens to everyone across the board. That it's you're so funny you mention that because I said the same thing, right? Like, again, when I started doing a, 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 a vegan May, right, which mm-hmm. is what I was – because I, I picked May because that's when a lot of farmers markets are starting to sort of come back yeah. online and you start to see some produce out there. And, again, because I'm not so hot on a, some of the fake meats that are out there. Like, the Beyond Meat Burgers, I think, are the exception. Mm-hmm. But some of the ones that I've tried – I haven't been a huge fan of, but I, I just love vegetables. I just love vegetables. And so if you get into that mindset – and you do sort of start doing it, it really becomes pretty easy, and you do not miss exactly that meat. And if you do have meat, it all of a sudden you feel You're bogged far. down yeah. and foggy, oh, and sure. it really changes you. It's like cheese. I mean, I was totally. a very happy vegetarian for years. I mean, I thought I was like, I was the man. I went vegetarian. I'm eating my cheese hoagies and my egg <laughs> salad and my pizza all day long. I was really bloated and my skin was all scaly and dry. I'm like, what's the matter with me? I'm a vegetarian. I'm so healthy. Vegetarianism might be one of the worst diets on the planet Mm. uh, because you're forced into... And justify by eating all just, these dairy can products. Can I just qualify that and say the pizza vegetarian thing? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the worst. That's the worst one. Of, yeah, totally. <laughs> okay. right. Uh, you know, Ronald Reagan says tomato sauce counts as a vegetable, <laughs> yeah. so I don't know about that. Ketchup's a vegetable, so, <laughs> so um, it's not the kind of cooking we're talking about the, today. And I was a cheese fanatic. I mean, I, I think I love cheese more than anyone else on the planet. Um, but when I got it out of my system, and I think it was a 10 days, I just put it out of my system. I said, I I've, I've at least have to break the habit. I at least have to know that I'm in control of this cheese. <laughs> that's that's plaguing me. And that's when my change happened. Um, yeah. Bloating was gone. Skin, eyes, nails, uh, clarity of your thoughts. Totally. Amazing. A whole physiological transformation that happened. And when you put it back in, man, you, you feel it right away. Yeah. It's, it's like someone dropped a 10-ton weight on you. Uh, Rich Landau and Kate Jacoby, uh, they are the co-owners of the best vegetable-based restaurant in the country, Veg in Philadelphia, uh, V-E-D-G-E. Check them out. And Fancy Radish right here in Washington, D.C. Check them out, find them, and support their good work. Uh, thank you all so very much for coming. I thanks appreciate you both. Our pleasure. Bye. All right. Thanks, y'all.